Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Becoming a full-time photographer is one of those things that feels so romantic and dreamy until you find yourself in an expensive mountain town crying with a pint of ice cream that you couldn't afford, wondering who do you think you are and how to even begin launching a photography business. I could almost hear the gremlins screaming, get back in line, you aren't made for this. Now, maybe you can relate. Maybe you can't. Maybe it's your couch or in your car. It's okay. We've all been there crying over really expensive ice cream. When I first quit my corporate job to pursue photography full-time, I had no clue, no clients, and absolutely no business. I was terrified because I only had $300 in my bank account. Rent was due the following week, and I had just bought ice cream that I could not afford in this expensive mountain town in Colorado. To boot, I had only shot a few of my cousin's weddings and some family members' kids playing in dirt. So my portfolio was lackluster at best. Oh man, when I think back to the weeks after I quit my corporate job, there was so much excitement, but it was very quickly matched with a lot of terror. I was equally beaming with pride and fearful of failure. If you missed part one of the week that I quit my corporate job, Go listen, because I share about the week before I left the corporate world and my awesome exit. And when I quit my job, I, gosh, I had a few sessions lined up, but nothing that would go past the few weeks after I quit. I started to move into this headspace where I was like, you know, like right before I quit my job, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. There's so many calls coming in. It's fall. I'm flying back to West Virginia. All these people want me to shoot their senior portrait and engagement sessions to very quickly like, oh, I'm only getting through the next two weeks. And then I have absolutely nothing. And that's where the fear really settled in was this really unknown space. If you remember from my first episode, Mike and I headed west to go camp in Ure as soon as I stepped onto 17th Street in Denver after quitting my job. The six-hour drive to the campsite was filled with excitement and, like I said, immediately met with fear. That entire week, I spent crying myself to sleep. First and foremost, I was mourning the loss of my family life as I knew it. As I mentioned in part one, my parents' divorce was kind of the catalyst for me quitting my job, along with being asked to work on a holiday weekend. But I also recognized the weight of my identity shifting. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But whenever we went to Ure, the point of the trip was to spend time with my husband, my boyfriend at the time, but his family. But we were also just going to really geek out on business things. Now, I didn't know anything about business. Mike actually went to school for business and marketing, which I was so grateful for because he was also a designer and he still is a really talented creative director and designer. 
So I had him to kind of guide me on what business and marketing looked like. And since, believe it or not, 2012, it is drastically shifted. And right now I am so proud to say that I love business and marketing very quickly became a passion. But the whole point of this trip was to just get a clear mind, to spend some quality time together, to celebrate leaving the corporate world, which I highly recommend anybody who's thinking about leaving the corporate world. Oh my gosh, go on a trip. You deserve a trip. You deserve this disconnected time. Uh, The place that we were camping had no service. And so I really was forced to just be with myself and be with these really uncomfortable feelings of leaving security, leaving healthcare, leaving a 401k, leaving nine to five, leaving structure. There was so much that, you know, felt really good leaving, but also at the same time, I really relied on. And I think a lot of us rely on um, even what do you do in the morning when you get up and you're, you don't go to work? Do you bother getting dressed? Do you bother showering? What do you do? How do you handle this time? So taking this break and going to Ure, Colorado, was a really special time and I cherish it so much. When I think back to that time that we had together, gosh, there was so many highs and lows, so many highs and lows of I'm on vacation and I didn't have to ask for anyone to, to go on this vacation. And then the low of that is I'm on vacation. What am I doing? I can't afford anything. Why would I go on vacation? Blah. Like It was just so many opposing feelings. So one of the things that we really wanted to hone in on was branding the business. What was the business going to be, feel like, look like? But what branding my business actually looked like was this, sitting in a car outside of a McDonald's parking lot testing out fonts. So my first brand was my, or my first logo, I should say was my my very personal signature that Mike turned into an AI file and Futura font for my last name. I had spent weeks at this point, like leading up to quitting my job, trying to decide if I wanted to use my name or a brand name, which I actually have an entire podcast episode dedicated to this exact topic, and we will tag it in the show notes. But at the time, I really didn't understand what a brand was outside of colors and fonts. I now know that branding is a feeling. It's an entire experience. It has a story and it encompasses everything that I am being the face of my business and everything that I exude that other people in my orbit feel. So it's really hard to put branding into words, but if I had to, that's what I would say. It's a feeling, it's an experience, it's a story, it's an invitation. And I really got time the week after I quit my corporate job to sit with this. And as I just mentioned, I was going through a major identity crisis, having lost my family unit. So I was actually having my own rebrand, I guess, as a human, I was trying to understand who am I now outside of the oldest of six kids. I was still the oldest of six kids, of course, but my parents were no longer together and everybody was kind of getting shaken and rattled at the same time. Um, because it was a very traumatic divorce for everybody. Um, And it involved a lot of people. My grandmother was getting ready to move in with my mom. She had Alzheimer's and it was no longer safe for her to live alone. So I knew that that piece of my family life was now getting uprooted and shaken. I had just moved to Colorado. And I, of course, I have an episode, my very first episode about my summer I spent homeless when I moved to Colorado. 
And so my whole life had been really upheavaled. And between my family life, moving to Colorado, um, I had just started dating Mike. We were in this new relationship. We had just moved in together literally weeks before. I think I moved in with him or we, we moved in together August 4th. And I quit my job like August 26th or something. It was, or I had made the decision at least August 26th. And so really everything in my identity, my own personal brand, everything I thought I stood for, everything had just been shaken. And I hope you appreciate this real-time processing because there are certain things that I'm just now picking up on that I, I guess I never really knew how to put words to. So that's what I spent doing the entire week after I quit my corporate job was like, who am I? What do I stand for? Who do I want to work with? Why do I want to work with them? What does this look like? What is a brand? What is marketing? Blah, 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 blah. There was so much that went into starting a business that felt really overwhelming and really daunting. I think the biggest shift was I was now a quote unquote photographer. And for those of you who have quit a corporate job where you feel like all your eggs are in this basket and this basket's really safe and protected, it is really cringeworthy to change your title, especially if you become an entrepreneur and you're not just moving to a new job. It took me almost a year, honest to goodness, a year before I could say I'm a photographer with confidence. For the weeks after I entered full-blown entrepreneurship, I cringed and kind of like threw up a little bit every time somebody would ask me what I did. I would very quietly say, <laughs> and they'd be like, what? What did you say? <laughs> I just didn't want to say it out loud. I was equal parts embarrassed because I didn't have any work. And how can I say I'm a photographer if I have no clients? But I was also excited because now I worked for myself. And of course, this comes with so many beautiful perks. But saying it out loud, like I can still feel the feels that I felt when a stranger would ask me or one of my husband's friends would ask me what I did. And it felt so much safer to say, oh, I design study abroad programs for, you know, college students or high school students. And this is the company I work for. And this is how reputable they are. And this is how much they're worth. Now I was just, I'm a photographer. And it was so hard for me to say that. So once we got back from our camping trip, I settled into a new and really exciting rhythm of going to the grocery store at like 10 in the morning on a Tuesday, which for those of you who like get that liberation, I don't think anything compares to it to walk into a grocery store at 10 a.m. and go, there's nobody here. And I am not on the clock. I do what I want. And keep in mind, this was 2012. So this is long before people were working remote and that was even a thing. But I felt like the queen of England working at a Starbucks in the middle of the afternoon. However, it wasn't long before working at a coffee shop turned into me panicking that I should be working for the coffee shop. My panic very quickly started to turn against me. And I remember coming home one day and I was crying and I told Mike, I'm just going to go get a job at a coffee shop. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I can work on my photography business on the side. I just, this was, this was a mistake. And Mike sat me down and he made it his personal goal to not let anything distract me from starting my business. Up until this point, I had been a nanny. I had worked retail. 
I had been a, a, a whitewater photographer in Buena Vista, Colorado, which is where I currently live. But for some reason, I never put the effort into starting my business as a side gig. It was once I was in the corporate world and I started going, ooh, this doesn't feel good. I don't really like how being in the corporate industry feels. I don't like having to be somewhere from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I don't like having to meet other people's goals. So it was really weird to me that it wasn't until I got into this corporate scene that I actually started pushing my photography business a little bit. I think I'd gotten into a really comfortable rhythm when I was a nanny and working retail. And I just kind of showed up and left and like left work at work. But whenever I became in the corporate world, it was just a very different scene. Photographers, let me guess, you've been wanting to scale your photography business for quite some time now. You've cherry picked all the images, maybe you're shooting for free, and you've daydreamed of quitting your nine to five to work for yourself with unlimited freedom and outrageously loyal clients. But something just isn't aligning. You're throwing spaghetti at the wall and none of it's sticking. You've fantasized about the income you could make if you just started, but the thought of starting your business makes you physically nauseous. If this sounds familiar, I am really excited to share with you a 12-week group coaching program and online course that I am working on for my audience. During our 12 weeks together, you're going to learn how to stand out in a saturated market by leveraging your unique gifts outside of the camera. You're going to establish your indelible brand experience that's going to result in referrals, rave reviews, outrageously loyal clients, and a booked up calendar. You're gonna leave our time together with a fully designed, beautifully crafted brand identity and client experience. On top of that, you're going to confidently master the ins and outs of authentic and ethical marketing. Not only are you going to get all of this, you're going to be immersed in an outrageously supportive community with yours truly, myself, along your side to walk this journey with you. Now, there are lots of more bonuses and information. If you are interested, go to launchtolivelihood.com to learn more and apply. So yeah, I, I, I kept telling Mike, I'm just going to go get a job at a coffee shop and I'm just going to do the photography on the side. And he was like, you have had the opportunity to do this on the side for a very long time and you didn't. Do not let anything distract you. You need to focus on this. So once I got really serious about running my business, I don't know, things just started happening as they always do, right? I started working on a website and I still remember my first website. It had coding, you guys. It had coding. I had a web developer that I had to hire, which luckily was a friend of my husband's. He lived in New York City and his name was Toast. I still don't know his actual name, but everyone called him Toast. And he built my website for me. I was so grateful. And luckily there wasn't a whole lot to put on there. But at that point I had been reading about websites and studying marketing and what I needed to do. So it took me about a month to build my website. And when I launched, I was like, and actually I should back up. This was my second website. My first website was a really crappy Wix website. It was awful. You can imagine Wix in like 2009. It was pretty awful. Um, but this was my first real website with a real designer and a real developer and a real contact form. And I remember launching it and being like, okay, now what? No inquiries were coming in. I went to Google and I typed in Colorado photographer and like 9 million people showed up. 
So I knew I was not going to show up anytime soon on the first page of Google. But in my head, there was just this really daunting, I don't know, task at hand of trying to find clients. And I remember something Mike said that I will never forget. He said, honey, you don't need the whole pie. You just need a slice. And so I started dipping my toe into different marketing tactics. I literally did EDDM, which is Every Door Direct Mail, which if you've ever received a flyer in your mailbox, that's EDDM. I did some of that. I did door-to-door soliciting. I decided to run some Facebook ads, which I'll talk about in just a second. Those ended up being really lucrative for me, but it was in the very early stages of Facebook and Facebook marketing. But I just started testing out lots of marketing opportunities. But what worked best, and I will never forget this, and I still teach this to my students in my Launch to Livelihood course, is just meeting people. Meeting people was the number one thing that I did for my business in those very early stages. I still remember the first two sessions that I booked after quitting my job. I was working at one of these coffee shops that I was probably looking to apply to. And I met a woman and she asked me what I did. And in my very mousy voice, I said, I'm a photographer. And she said, oh, you're a photographer. And you guys, she immediately hired me for her business. Now her business was chocolate truffles. I mean, come on. How often do you get to meet somebody who owns a business making chocolate truffles? I had never dipped my toes in food photography. So this is just something I had never explored, but it happened so organically. And she was so excited that I jumped in head first, eager to learn a new trade. And I this, this piece of the story is just now coming to me. Mike and I were working at this coffee shop together. And she said, do you have a business card? And I was like, well, funny you ask, because um, I ordered business cards. And I kid you not, Mike left that coffee shop, ran to our apartment, found those business cards sitting on our doorstep and ran back to the coffee shop just to bring her one of my business cards, my brand new. I still remember what it felt like to hold my business card for the first time in my hands with my logo and my name and my cell phone number and my professional email address. I still remember what it felt like to hold those in my hand, but then to hand this to her on the day that they arrived was like, I could like cry right now talking about it. I have made it. I'm here. I'm actually tearing up recording this episode. This was such a monumental moment for me because I said those scary words out loud. I'm a photographer and it was received. And not only was it received, she booked me for like three sessions to shoot these chocolate truffles. I still remember getting that first paycheck. That first paycheck, I stared at it all night long. And I thought about all the things I would do once I had more money coming in. But I was actually really excited to use this one paycheck to pay our electric bill. Now, this might seem really silly, like a silly thing to be excited about, but it felt so real. I was really contributing to my tiny family in our adorable little apartment in Broomfield, Colorado, in a very real way. Now, I just want to point out, I did not want a side hustle business that provided like fun money. I wanted to be taken very seriously. And at that point in me and Mike's relationship, he actually had told me, he told me later on 
that he was thinking like, oh yeah, it'd be cool if like she could buy groceries and like, I don't know, this will be fun. This will be a fun side gig. But then once the money started rolling in, he was like, oh, this is an actual business. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a career. I wanted a career in photography that was going to contribute to our retirement goals. I wanted to build a house or buy a house. I wanted to pay bills. I wanted to go travel and I wanted it to grow as big as I wanted it to grow. The second session that I booked was actually one of my husband's friends. I was meeting them for the first time and the wife was about eight and a half months pregnant. (laughs) Of course, they wanted to know what Mike's new girlfriend did for work. And I very uncomfortably told them, I'm a photographer. To which they very excitedly asked if I would capture their maternity photos the week before she popped. Again, I remember going to this photo shoot and thinking like, have I made it? Am I making it? I booked two photo shoots this week just by telling people I'm a photographer and by working out in public. It's, it's, it's amazing to me how many photographers say that when they go work at a coffee shop out in public, they book a session, which I totally agree. It has happened. It was the very first thing that I ever booked. So this is why I tell my students like, Meeting people is your best marketing plan. There is no marketing plan that compares to just meeting people and sharing your story and what you're about, where you came from, making connections. It truly is just a magical experience. So it was only two years after I quit my corporate job that my photography business exceeded the income that I had been making at that job. And if you remember in part one, I shared that I was making mm, about $28,000 a year. So it wasn't a whole lot at the time that I needed to make up, but it was only two years that I exceeded that income. And I remember sitting at at our kitchen table. We had just bought a house. I had just wrapped up my very first, or I guess it was my second season um, as a full-time photographer. And I cried. I just sat at that table and cried looking at my Excel spreadsheet because I had made it. I had set out a goal, which was to replace my, uh, my income from a corporate field. And I had done it. And I still remember booking my first wedding. Like I could just, I mean, there were so many firsts in that chapter. I booked my first wedding a month after I quit my corporate job. Mike and I were geeking out because this was actually on the heels of a meeting with a couple and they didn't book me. I think they could see how nervous I was. I was very uncomfortable. I had never been married. I had only been to a handful, again, of like cousins' weddings. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. My voice was cracking. I was breaking out in hives. Like it was really bad. I'm not surprised they didn't book me. But a friend of mine had referred me to his coworker and said, I don't know. She started a photography business. Um, Seems good. You're getting married. You guys should talk. So I got together with her and Mike and I had like done a run, like a a run through of the questions she might ask and how I was going to respond. And all I did was level with her. I just got to know her as a person. I thought she was really incredible. And I brought this cute little cutout of a couple that was like proposed to like a, a guy proposing to a woman. And I gave it to her and I, you know, I'm sure I offered her a discount or something, but she was like, okay, great. Did you bring the contract? And I was like, what did I bring the contract? And she was like, yeah, I mean, I can just write you a check now for 50%. And I, I, oh my gosh, like, 
ah, I still remember everything I was feeling. We were sitting in a coffee shop. I'm going to cry. We were sitting in a coffee shop and she wrote a check with my business name on it for $700. I still remember the amount. I called Mike sobbing after that meeting. I called my mom crying. I mean, just all the people that came into my orbit those first few weeks after I quit my corporate job, the money was wonderful, but the validation was everything. People saying, yeah, I see what, what, I see what you see in yourself. I see more than what you see in yourself. Yes. I would love to hire you. Oh my gosh. It was such an amazing couple of weeks after I quit my corporate job. I wouldn't trade the fear, the pain, the tears, the discomfort for anything in the world because y'all, it's been almost it's been almost 12 years later and I still get worked up thinking about it. It's actually been 11 years later. I take that back. It's been 11 years almost to the date later that all these people were showing up in my orbit and booking and just confirming that I was exactly where I needed to be. Wherever you are in your business, you are exactly where you need to be. If you are in the suck, if you are in the joy, if you are in the discomfort, you're exactly where you need to be. And it's going to be okay. Everything has a time and a place and a reason and a season and nothing lasts forever. So whatever you're feeling right now, it will not feel this way forever. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever. So yes, two years after I quit my corporate job, my photography business exceeded the income I had been making at my corporate job. And then two years after that, I hit the six-figure mark. I had had a mentor in college um, who was a photographer, very well-known photographer in my hometown. And I remember him telling me, you can easily make six figures as a photographer. And you guys, this is back in 2010. This was in 2010, where to me, six figures was practically a million dollars. And he said, yeah, it's actually not that hard. You just have to be really diligent with it. And he also told me, be a big fish in a little pond. I didn't quite know what that meant, but needless to say, moving to Colorado was a pretty big pond. So once we started moving into the mountains and moving into these smaller towns, that's when my business really took off. But once I hit the six-figure mark, Mike and I both knew we were really onto something really wonderful with this photography business. Mike actually got really excited and started his own business. It was a woodworking business and it served us for a really cool chapter. And then 2019, the photography business had gotten to a point where it was so successful that he actually quit his corporate job and has now quadrupled his income from his own design business, from what he was making in the corporate world. So it's been a really wonderful journey for not just myself, but also my husband to get to experience running his own business and us running businesses together. And I love that we have kids and we're teaching them how to run businesses. We get to really show up as a family and try new things and see what happens. And there isn't this end all be all. There has to be a certain outcome. It's just We'll just see what happens. Again, it's just a season. So once we started hitting that six-figure mark, we are actually, you know what? It was before we hit the six-figure mark. I apologize. This was in 2000. It was January 2014, January 1st, 2014. So I guess it was probably, it was a year after I quit my corporate job. It was October 2013. 
I started thinking about running Facebook ads and what would this look like? And is it actually a thing? And again, Facebook had really just come out with ads. And so I decided that I was going to throw $100 at Facebook ads on January 1st. Well, wouldn't you know that $100 that I was terrified to let go of ended up booking my entire wedding season for that year, 2014. That was also the year Mike and I got married. It was the year after we built a ho- or b- bought a house in the mountains. And it just really felt like life was coming together. So all this to say, wherever you're at in your business, you're there for a reason. Whether you're at the very beginning stages and things are really scary, maybe you haven't quit your job yet. Maybe you haven't jumped in full time into this entrepreneurial life It's supposed to be scary. (laughs) I hate to say that, but it's supposed to be scary. Anything worth doing is going to be like vomit-inducing, terrifying. And if it's not, then it's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. It's not worth anybody's time and energy if it's not scary. I just cannot express the gratitude that I have for the people who stood beside me when things were really scary and the people who have been with me along the way when things are really exciting and big. And gosh, there's so many in-betweens and there has also been a lot of different stages of our business. Outside of the photography in 2020, I decided that I really wanted to mentor photographers. I love teaching. Teaching and coaching are in my blood. I've been coaching soccer since I was like 16 and could drive. I've coached lacrosse. And then in 2020, I decided to move into coaching photographers and coaching business owners. And that was really scary because I felt like I was, I was kind of starting all over again, but it wasn't as jarring as going from corporate world into entrepreneurial world and trying to come up with like a schedule and how to stay motivated. But it it was really scary. I was putting myself out there in a very new way, in a very new world. And I didn't know a whole lot at the time about coaching and what it looked like and how to price myself. And so it was really humbling to kind of come back and get grounded again into what it feels like to to start a business all over again. So that's my story. That is my story of pretty much the bookends of the month that I quit my corporate job, the week leading up to it and the weeks after it. And oh my gosh, I'm sitting here on my 43 acres, like looking at Mount Princeton from my office, just eternally grateful and humbled by what my business has brought me and by the people that I have worked with who have stood by me for over a decade. It's been really wonderful. And I really hope that this story spoke to you. Again, if if you are in those beginning stages of thinking about leaving your job, you can do it. You you can do it. And the beautiful thing is you're you're not the first person to do it. You're not the second person. And you, you certainly won't be the last. And one day you're going to be the person that people come to and ask, what was it like? Were you scared? What did you do? How did you find, how did you find people to trust you and, and support your business? If this was important to you, please reach out and let me know. It's, it, it's really vulnerable for me to get out here and record an episode like this and pour my heart out to like what the beginning stages of my business were like. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear about where you're at, what you're going through, I'd love to support you in any way that I can. 
And if this meant something to you and you want to share it with a friend, I just think that would be such a wonderful gift. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Fearless Vampire. I will see you next time.